0: Hey there everybody. Welcome on back to another episode of Imano Talk. I am your host Imano. I'm here joined by my co host Kevin. Say hi to the people, Kevin.
1: What's going on, guys?
0: And we got a very special guest here today. We have Matt from PopVinyls.com. How you doing today, Matt?
1: Doing good,
2: sir. How y'all doing?
0: we're we're doing great man we're glad to have you on, on the show um definitely excited to have you on the show me myself you know i collect some funkos um now that i'm starting to put out visuals hopefully people are starting to see in the background i got some of my wwe funko showing but definitely a big fan actually when i first started collecting your site was one of the very first sites that i got to visit uh so it's definitely an honor to have you on the show today
2: oh it's great to be here i love to talk about all things wrestling. And I just don't have as many people in my real world who just want to hear me talk about it. So I just usually do it online.
0: In all honesty, that's how this show started. Me and Kev talk our girlfriend's ears off as far as yeah. like wrestling goes and like all our friends. So we figured why not put it out for the wrestling community to listen to as well.
2: Yeah. My wife is like way hotter than me. So I don't know exactly at what point I admitted that I like wrestling, but it was definitely after we were married. And, uh, <laughs> but, but on the side note, she's an artist, so she's made custom pops for a lot of wrestlers.
0: I was gonna say I saw the the yeah. Dustin Rhodes one. Yeah. That one was really cool.
2: Yeah, she did that one. The first one she ever made for a well, she did some other actors, but the first one she did for a wrestler was for Zack Ryder, and she's made him a few over the years before his official one came out. And so he was real cool with us. He sent me free tickets to the one of the Atlanta Raws because uh, she had sent him one. She made him a she made him a uh, a ghost Broski, as you put it, uh, pop once and then um I don't know, she's she's met a few over the years. She's talented. I'll give her an idea and she'll make it. So like she made me a mankind just for my collection. With oh, Mr so- with Mr. Sacco in his hand. So she made me a Paul Heyman to go with my Bright Lesnar. You know, little things like <laughs> that.
0: Those one of ones, man. That, that's pretty cool. And I, I was actually going to ask. So before I get into like the first yeah. question, I was actually going to ask you since we're already on the subject of Funkos um, with all the Funkos that are coming out. I mean, you know, there, there's a whole slew of them now in all kinds of different categories from wrestling mm-hmm. to movies to sports actors and so on and so forth. Uh, but since we're on the subject of wrestling, what, what is a, a Funko you would like to see come out as far as uh, wrestling would go?
2: Wrestling, I mean, like, I know people at Funko, but not like we're BFFs or nothing, but I, I know them enough to, like, I'll send them an idea. And I'll be all the time, like, why have you not made a three-faces of Foley three-pack set with Mankind, Captain Jack, a uh, I, I dude love? I'm like, come on, you made the Mick Foley one. Why don't you make these three actual most popular characters? I mean, that would, I'd pop for that. Um,
0: I actually I, like that idea a lot. I, I really mean, like that idea. There's
2: other things that I know they won't make now, but, like, I mean, I, later on, if we talk about like when I became a fan of wrestling, uh, like I have some like classic wrestlers, like like Arn Anderson, for example. Like, not gonna ever like make a funko of uh, Arn Anderson, but uh, I just always dug him. I like, I, you know, I just can see a bunch of different things. Like, I have the four pack set of like the WWE, the not the elite, but the lower line of the four horsemen with Barry Windham. Like those kind of things. I like the idea of more sets, you know.
0: Yeah, just like those collectible sets of, uh, especially yeah. of like those factions. Like, I mean, me personally, and I'm sure yeah. Kevin could agree with me on this. Um, we grew up, you know, more so around the time of like when DX first started. But yeah. a, a, a prominent faction for us was Evolution. So I would love to see like an Evolution set. That would be pretty cool to see in all <laughs> yeah, honesty. I they,
2: yeah, I think they could do that. And I think one of these days, they should just start making belts. I don't know if they want to sell belts separately or just like come out with different, like a championship line it would be a cool to be to, like, just don't focus on the heavyweight title and then like make a rendition of a major uh, wrestler when he had the WWE title. So like with Steve Austin, you could go with the the, the skull title if you wanted to.
0: Yep. The smoking call. Yeah. Or the, see, coal, uh, yeah, or the
2: Cena with the spinner. Even though I don't really care about that, but I mean, it looks cool, you know, but even going back to having like, you know, I love that. The I got, I bought that, EA, what was it that uh, w- T-, K- T K, whatever they had the w- with Ric Flair? I
0: yeah, have that I, one.
2: I haven't even played the game. It's still on the wrapper. I literally bought the set just to get that flair because that classic belt, I just like the look of it. So, you know, if they wanted to do that and make the belts like removable, I mean, I mean, that's jerky as hell, but you know, uh, but like I would do it. You know, <laughs> it would be, <laughs> I just think it'd be kind of neat to see. Um, you can hit the nostalgia. You know, they're starting to make, Funko is starting to make a couple of eighteen inch pops, which are I mean, they're kinda of like pricey, like ninety nine bucks. But they're they're making a they've made a Batman. They're making a Harry Potter. But like an Andre the Giant, like an eighteen inch, I mean just that I mean this just, just for uh iconic state, that would be kinda of neat.
0: It it would only be right if it did come into wrestling that they would make a an Andre one, uh, but I, I definitely feel you on the belts. I, I really like the idea of the belts, and it was the main reason that it drew me to the Flair Two K yeah. Funko. Um, mm-hmm. it and so Kevin to kind un- of help you understand like where we are right now, like the the belt we're talking about is the heavyweight belt that we grew up on, the one that you and I call our favorite belt. Um, so that that was something that drew to me. I feel like that's the most prestigious heavyweight title that's ever come out as far as wrestling goes. Yeah,
2: like, my oldest – the first wrestling of this – I'm, like, early 40s. But, like, the um, the earliest wrestling event I ever attended was a closed-circuit broadcast of Starrcade 86. I guess I'll have been about 10. And we were the only people in the arena cheering for Ric Flair in a cage match versus Ron Garvin when he re-won the title. So, <laughs> me and my buddies were always, like, four horsemen, for even, like, eight or nine. Maybe that means we were bad kids or something. But oh, perfect. Like
0: well, I was actually going to ask when when did you get into wrestling? So you, you were around eight or nine, and this I is around the, like, the era of the four horsemen.
2: Yeah, my mom kind of like banned it or just thought violence was bad. You know, like it was me and my mom, you know, not to give you the whole Sam story, but my my father my, my, my biological father was like not a good person per se. So my mom like me and her like just took off when I was young and poor probably. And then we um but my neighbor, me and my buddy Eddie. I started hanging out with him a lot, and he watched wrestling. And we we lived near Atlanta, and WTBS the, the antenna station back then, you know, 605, the old the old uh, WCW Saturday Night. But before then, just called World Championship Wrestling, when it was still part of the NWA. Uh, we I would just watch it with him, and so he's the one who had tickets to that uh, pay per view. So I don't think I've been watching wrestling, but a few months. But enough to know that I like Rick Flair just because I don't know. He just, you know, he was what a kind of like what a wrestler. Some of the wrestlers back then were like like beer guts and like underwear. That's what it looked like, you know. But Flair just carried himself like a superstar. So I, I kind of like got into him. And uh, Arn Anderson kind of reminded me of my stepfather who, who, who had just got married to my mom like a little bit after that because he a little balding, a little pudgy. Uh, <laughs> 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 I always liked Arn Anderson, I guess, because I love my stepdad. But um, I don't know. It's what got into watching WWE. Like I wasn't like I'm not from the New York area, so like it wasn't until God a year or so later that I would catch the only time I would catch WWE or WWF at the time was like watching the the old syndicated show like Superstars, which you could tell immediately like how the WWF was like so much better like production value, and it was just like put on. But so like it was a big deal, so. And back then, I like I never like I never I couldn't go to my mom and go, "Hey, can you know, I rent WrestleMania from pay-per-view or whatever?" So, me and my buddies would just usually wait till they got to the local video store, and we'd rent it and just like watch it. And so, like, so even though The Horsemen are my first memory, I don't remember how much after the fact was, but like the first wrestling wrestling like the WWE, the WWF that I like fell for was like watching Randy Savage fight Ricky Steamboat, and like Randy Savage was like my new guy at that point, just, like, the way he carried himself, so, I, I would go that far back, it's just, what was that, Wrestlemania 3?
0: Yeah, that, that's three. from Wrestlemania 3, I actually met, uh, Steamboat last year, um, he was on my flight on my way home from, oh, wow. uh, Wrestlemania last year, great guy, he's,
2: uh, just a nice, he's just a nice guy, like, you never meet a nicer guy, like, Steamboat, so.
0: Yeah, he's really kind, really humble, and I mean, you know, for me, that that's not really my era, but I definitely look back and watch that, and that match is absolutely a classic, because I feel the one thing, like, you know, back then when you're looking at, like, the 80s versus, like, yeah. what I grew up on, which was the Attitude Era, the yeah. Ruthless Aggression Era, all that, um, was the storytelling, and, like, although we, we in my era kind of had, like, a little bit of a different form of the storytelling, like, the yeah. storytelling was truthfully, like, more engaging with the, you know, with the fan. Uh, back then because the back then you had like you know Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage you know being together going apart getting back together and having fans in the stands cry uh, so for you know back then yeah. I feel like the storytelling just back then was so impeccable and then for me, yeah, like, it. then it became more edgy of a product, and that's when more people, like, got onto it because they were just kind of, like, the antiheroes then at that yeah. point. Um So what do you believe is, like, the difference of the wrestling you grew up loving versus, like, something of today or even, like, something like what I grew but, up on with the attitude Era, the aggression? Can, I,
1: yeah,
2: I think I can kind of tie into your area a little bit because, like, what I feel is I grew up with it, and then I got to a certain point in my teenage years that, you know, you, you, you really start... You know, on Saturday night, you really hoping you out of a date or something or, you know, or hanging out with your buddies more like than sitting on the couch watching uh, like TBS watching WCW. So I kind of went away from it for a few years. And then um, it was in the early 90s. I was at now I was in I was at the University of Georgia. I was in school and it was about the time when Nitro debuted. So me and my buddies, I mean, like we didn't go old school like having Nitro parties. But we just started watching it, and then we started watching Raw, you know, like kind of going back and forth, and that really brought me back. Like I mean, the old the old days were great, and it must be so much easier back then to tell a story when you can spend six months leading up to the, the betrayal, quote unquote, with Randy Savage and Hogan about Elizabeth, and then Ho- and then Randy turning bad on Hogan. Whereas nowadays you got to just flip this stuff over every week, you know. So like, but but that whole uh, but your era of, like, you know, first when WCW takes the lead over over uh, the WWE, but then Vince has to, like, get edgier to compete. I mean, if there's there's not a better time in wrestling for, like, just greatness. I mean, I think we always look back nostalgic and thinking everything was great during the Attitude Era or whatever, and it really wasn't. But it's definitely edgier, which leads to, like, you have, you might have a few misses here or there, but there's some great storytelling. But, you know, but the action was so much better in, like, And even me, like, the reason I like Nacho a lot wasn't because of the big stars like Hogan, even though him turning heel was, like, an amazing thing for people my age. It was more like watching Eddie Guerrero fighting, like, Chris Jericho, you know, or Ray Stereo and, like, To Guerrero. I mean, those guys, I'd never seen, like, either Mexican wrestling or I'd never seen even, like, a lot of Japanese wrestling. So I remember somebody like Ultimo Dragon I became a real big fan of because Japanese, but he spent most of his career – in Mexico before he came to WCW. So I just, he had this weird blended style. So I really dug watching his matches with like Dave Malenko or, or Jericho.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's the one thing that kind of carried that whole WCW era was how they differentiated themselves with the cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's definitely what grasped me because before I started watching like Raw and SmackDown, it was yeah. actually Monday Nitro. Uh, I was five years old and I, I saw it, if I'm not mistaken, it was like Hugh Morris versus like Stevie Ray, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just remembered I got hooked because right after that, it was pretty much like Rey Mysterio was popping out. Eddie Guerrero was popping out. Um, then Goldberg came out and I, I was in love with Goldberg as a little kid. Like he was my favorite wrestler mm-hmm. of all time. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah. I, I definitely understand what you mean because it got edgier because then I remember it was like no more than a year or two after that, that Jericho jumped ship and Jericho went on over to, uh, you know, WWF. And, and I even and I, don't, giant.
2: Yeah, I don't think yeah, i would ever heard a bigger pop. Than when Jericho debuted, he, I, he I
0: remember watch. watching that on, TV. yes, I remember
2: that. Yeah,
0: I remember I watching that.
2: that, yeah, but I remember like watching it and then like back to Goldberg. Yeah, like I was always kind of a big fan too because he went to Ge- he played football for Georgia also, where I went to school. You know, he played for the Falcons, but uh, and his style isn't always my favorite, but I just like his intensity. Yeah, like you, um, but besides that, like you said, all the new people and then like WWE, and it, it, it wasn't even like you know, like Shawn Michaels stuffing something into his shorts, or, or all like all the other like the hose. <laughs> you know that wasn't the. I mean, though no, that was probably fun. It was just like watching the matches. Like I mean, and it's also like you said the storytelling. So like I always was a big Mick Foley fan. You know when he was Captain Jack Manson in WCW, but then when he jumped over to Mankind, I remember going, why well, they got to change his name? You know, like you know. I mean, I get why Vince does it, but like if I had to. Name about Mount Rushmore. I put you know like Mick Foley on it now. because, but it's but it's because of like you said while I go about storytelling, you know, reading his book and knowing how much passion he is, and then like how much he gives of himself, you know. So, you know, I I got into his matches. I remember, even though I'm an adult at that point, a young probably early twenties, and probably should know better about wrestling, like still being mad that that uh, that Foley kept losing all those matches against like Triple H. During his, like, farewell and I was like, just beat him
0: once you know Yeah, was, like, and then only for him to keep coming back down the line And, you know, oh, losing man. to, like, Randy Orton Losing to Edge and people mm-hmm. like that as well
1: Because you
2: probably have a um, a knowledge of wrestling That's more than mine in the next few years Because sometime after Sometime after WCW was bought by in, uh, WWE I was, I, I don't know, I was young and working at this point, and So life is starting to get busy so I kind of went away from wrestling and I really was gone for like all the early two thousands. And like, I think the first time I came back was the, was the, it was either, I think it was the WrestleMania when John Cena fought the Miz. And the only oh. reason I happened to watch it is because it was in Atlanta. And I just, also some friends said, something. I was like, Oh, what the heck? But I didn't really stay with it. And then like, but then I can't, but then I watch then I started liking CM Punk just from what I saw. And then like the pipe one, I was like, okay, then I was, from that moment on I've watched it back. Like I've been very consistent since then, even though it's been up and down. Uh but I've always had these per- certain wrestlers who like pull me in. And uh either through realism or what. But it might have been also that um CM Punk's uh music was the first CD I ever bought as a kid was Living Colors Vivid. <laughs> <laughs> So, how many cults? I had cult of personality on a CD when CDs just came out. And oh like So maybe, maybe we had that bond. <laughs> <from our> living, <laughs> that,
0: that's a good way to become a fan of a wrestler, yeah. right there. Um, yeah. So, so you you really came up on the WCW days, and yeah. you were talking about how WCW got bought. So. I mean, looking back in the past, and you said you, you know, you've been keeping up more so today, um, it's crazy how history repeats itself, right? On how the fact that like the Monday Night Wars happened, and now we're going through similar situations yeah. with the Wednesday Night Wars. Have you been watching AEW by chance? I have, and
2: there's, there's reasons I watch it now, and uh, it kind of ties into my past. because like, I remember me and my friends, after that pay-per-view, we would start going to Atlanta to the old Omni before it was knocked down for the, one of the new arenas. And we would cheer for the horsemen, but we would see Dusty Rhodes all the time, you know, like at the arena. And we would see it. And if, if you don't know Atlanta, the uh, the basketball arena, the Omni was with the, the Hawks old, um arena. And that's where Alaska, that's where the old Starcades used to take place. So, you know, besides Charlotte, Atlanta was the big WCW thing. But you would the, connected to the arena is the CNN Center where they still CNN still there now. But that's where the old WCW offices used to be. We would be there waiting, and we'd be up there sometimes in Atlanta just to like hang out. And you'd see Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair or somebody else walking by. But Dusty was always nice. And I remember one time we were cheering uh, for the Horsemen, and Dusty Rhodes just looked at us and said, "I should slap all of y'all because y'all have just got some bad parenting if you're cheering for them people like that." I don't know. It just made me pop as a kid. I laughed. And so, even though I would never like openly cheer for Dusty, I totally respect him. So I've always liked him so. Fast forward to when like Cody Rhodes left um, the WWE. Never watched the time. Ton- I mean, I know about him being Stardust and everything. So, but I respected that he was like following his dad' footsteps and was paying. Off. So he he put on some. He was at- He was like the headliner of some very small re- event during his year off between the WWE or a year and a half off between WWE and um, um, AEW. And I, I promise you, there might have been four hundred people in that ring, but I, I, took, I took there. I took my son. My son's on the autism spectrum. He kind of like, he loves, he loves dogs. So we, he got to meet Cody. He he sat on the he sat in the ring, and he talked to Cody, and Brandy, but he was really way more interested in Pharaoh. So like that was like Pharaoh's like first like public um, meet and greet. So take care to sit on the floor. I got pictures of it. And he's just hanging out. He goes, I love that dog. He's nice. And I said, Yeah, he was pretty nice, but. So that night, we watched some other stars who were there. We saw, uh, I can't, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, the guy at NXT, uh, the John Derevo- Derevovich. I don't know, whatever. Oh, oh Di- Keith- Dijakovich? Yeah, there we go. Fighting Keith Lee. I saw him there. I was, Jimmy Havoc was there. Um, a few other people I'd never seen. But I talked to Cody about it. And so I just started following Cody. He was, I, I, he was real cool to my kid. Send me, he, he would send me some DMs on uh, Twitter. And we'd talk about some stuff, and he was just always very cool about my kid. Like, even, like, like my son even got a white – we have a white lab just because he wanted a white dog like Pharaoh. So, when Cody announced that he was going to do AEW, I really like it mostly for Cody. And, like, this is probably – I don't dislike anybody else who's in AEW, but I think Cody understands the storytelling part better than any of them.
0: I can I like, definitely see that. I, could I like
2: I like the Young Bucks, but I feel like I'm just watching a video game sometimes. Like I, I, I haven't watched enough like storylines where you know like why they you know they're great. And so like I mean I flew up to um Chicago for All Out. Me and my buddy did. We got a suite. Yeah, you know, I
0: was there as well.
2: Yeah, we we had a suite. I mean it was great. Besides the fact that that marina charged me 550 for a pack of M and M's, I'm like, Jesus, this place is expensive. But um, but I love, but the Young Bucks, I'll watch them. But there's no emotion connection to me, but I've talked to the wrestlers. The guys are great human beings, though. So, like, I'm not debashing them. I mean, I've had conversations with them about when their Funkos were coming out, I talked to them, and I would tell them, I said, look, I'm watching numbers here. Your things are selling really well at the high. They were like, really? How can you tell? And I just kind of told them how I judge it by, like, social media interaction, like how something's moving. If it's something's passionate, you know, how it works. And same thing with Kenny Omega. I've seen some great matches with Kenny Omega. He's not, but Unless it's been with, like, what he fought Jericho or maybe even Okada, I don't always connect to him with the emotion side yet. It's like, right now, I feel like they're just waiting for Omega. They're pushing him on the back burner so, like, he can be the headline star in a year or so. I just think, you know, there's kind of like this. They don't want to rush everything at once. I get yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Like, when they hit their peak, this way they can utilize him at yeah. their peak because yeah, he's totally, like a superstar. Totally agree.
2: But I do think sometimes that – all the other guys could learn a thing from Dust. I mean, from Cody about just how like the WWE's got its good points and its bad points. But Cody has learned how to like get that emotion and like the crowd. And, like you feel. I mean, he gets emotional when he talks about things, and, you- and he feels genuine. You know, so I always will watch it hoping it. And I told people I said, look, even though I might find NXT be the better product right now, I hope AEW wins for eight, ten weeks, twelve weeks in a row because. That's what we need. We don't need AEW to get canceled. Like, I don't understand people who, like, go, AE, the AEW sucks or NXT sucks. I don't I totally have no understanding of, like, competing against the two. Because, to me, the only thing that would ever force the WWE away from being so corporate, and why would they not be corporate? I mean, that contract they just signed with Fox, that's hundreds of millions of dollars you don't want to jeopardize. It.
0: Well, billions.
2: Billions, yeah, maybe billions. I mean, but why would you ever jeopardize that you know, it's like when Coke and Pepsi compete. Coke doesn't talk about Pepsi. Pepsi talks about Coke all the time. You know, that's just how you compete when you're not the first. But if AEW beats, you know, if AEW wouldn't have been beating NXT, you would have never saw, like, war games. I mean, excuse me, like a Survivor Series the way it was. You know, make it, and let, uh, who would have ever thought in my years Vince wouldn't have just buried a, a third program. If it had have been like the old days, like with Nexus or whatever, they get buried eventually wwe has got to win so 100 oh, percent the fact that raw finished third, I was just like, holy hell, I said the fact that he, he you know because you knew he let n x t win that because he's taking a e w seriously, so the more they compete, you know a e w's got some stuff that i ro- I roll my eyes at and I just finally say okay i don't I don't need some young person saying, okay, boomer to me so i just don't I don't complain about it like I don't mind the Orange Cassidy, for example. I don't mind that he does his little shtick unless somebody sells for it. Like, if all of a sudden someone fell down from his kicks, I'd stop watching, probably. But, you know, but if people like like that he does his thing and the fact, I mean, it is kind of funny that he slaps his leg when he does his little low super kick, whatever. Um, you know, they're not my cup of tea, but they got to try different things sometimes. You know, so I'm, I'm okay with it. A&W will get better. And if A&W gets better, that means the WWE will get better. And that, to me, As any wrestling fan, that's all you want. More good wrestling. There's so much wrestling on now that I hardly watch it live. I just record it all so I can fast forward through like commercials because I just don't have enough time.
0: I definitely know what you mean. There's a whole lot of wrestling on now. And I think that there's one thing you look at like AEW for, it's the fact that like they came in and they forced WWE's hand. They made WWE elevate the entire program. And Kevin, I have honestly been saying since, you know, AEW's been on TV NXT week in and week out Has truthfully put on the better show And that's okay because AEW didn't have storylines to develop off of They had to start from scratch They had to literally start from step one And now they're starting to get things developing And as you said Cody is definitely like their best storyteller right now And Jericho is the facilitator In assuring that these younger talents Get, you know, elevated into star statuses Because they don't have, you know Big names on their resumes, most of them I mean, look at Jungle Boy, for instance He's only 23 years old like 22 years old, something like that Same thing with MJF, 22, 23 years old Um, So they they gotta put these guys Into situations where they can elevate their names But these things don't happen overnight
2: I think the best example of them Making somebody in one night was Sammy You know, he comes out In that goofy panda hat Like, you know, the first match of AEW Dynamite But then he turns on Cody And joins in with Jericho I mean, he's like I mean, that this being with Jericho made him and to me, I was like, that's impressive. That, I, that, I mean, I'm not saying I watch enough wrestling. I, maybe I should have known him. I didn't know who he was, but I like the kid. He's like, he comes off like he's a cocky ass, which is kind of what you need to be, you know. But, he's, you know, he's great talent. I like that one. Like you said, the other one's young, Jungle Boy. You know, I love his story. I mean, you know, his dad, you know, being a famous actor, he didn't really want to go that way. And his dad dies. And, you know, like you feel for the kid, you know. I mean, he's just, you know, hell, he could be my son. I have a daughter his age, you know, who's in college. It's just, I like. I mean, I'll admit to not being like a Marco fan, but I, I'm not a Marco hater. You know. Yeah, like,
0: I'm. I'm. I'm indifferent about him.
2: Like, I think if you could do a storyline right, like, I don't know if you ever listened to like the Busted Open Radio Show, but with Bubba, Bubba Ray or Dudley, he made some comment, or, or no, Mark Henry did. Mark Henry said what they should do is have somebody like Bubba Ray come in and just like want to beat his ass, but then like the guy. Just way lays on me with a chair. Like, if you make some emotion out of it, like, it's got to be more than that he's just, like, half my size. Like, he's too tiny. <laughs> like, I have daughters bigger than him. <laughs> you know, I was. So, uh, I just, like, but you know, he's not my cup of tea, but I don't feel like the hate, you know. I don't like, man, there's a kid. Whatever.
0: Um, I mean, so, like, he's talented.
2: You know, he's, he's got some skills. I mean, like, I mean, in real life, is he going to, like, hurt, like, uh, uh, Jake Hager? No. You know, but uh, whatever. Let, let him earn a living. Uh, the tag teams I like. I like the tag teams. I think they could do more. Like I'm not feeling the Dark Order yet. I don't know. They just seem weird. <laughs> Which I guess is the point. Yeah, I agree with you
1: completely on that. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, maybe it's just because they got those old 1980, 1970 Mr. Wrestling number two masks on. You know, it's you know, it's just I don't know. It looks awesome. That gimmick does nothing for me. No, like I don't know what they're planning to do with it, but I'm like, all right, you know. And I love MJF. Like.
1: <laughs> oh, he's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't. All right.
2: You were, y'all said you, you went to All Out. So, like, I still, like, I don't know if you were there, but we were in the hotel where, where Starcast was. And they had this, uh, what do you call it? When you use the big hammer and you hit the bell, you try to hit the bell at the top.
0: Oh, I saw this. Yeah. yeah it's like one of those carnival games where you take yeah, the hammer, you hit the, you well, hit the also, bell and yeah.
2: Yeah. All of a sudden, MGF walks out, like, after his, like, autograph signing and just takes off his jacket. And then, like, just walks up, grabs the hammer from somebody, hits it. It hits the top belt, like, hard. And then he's like, like, f all y'all. And he walks out. <laughs> and I laughing. And I was just like, oh, the kid's good. And then later on, someone tried to get him to, again to do it. He's like, am I your circus monkey? And he, like, cussed out another guy, like, walked away. I said, oh, the guy gets it. Not many people know how to be a heel. He's just a jackass. I said, it might not be a stretch in real life. I don't know. But, um, but he was just funny. I, li- I like him. Um, I mean, he's got superstar all written all over him.
0: Oh yeah, down the line MJF is going to be a you know a big character for them, and him on the Talk Is Jericho podcast is what made yeah. me a true fan of him. Is because that guy literally said he's like, "This isn't a gimmick or anything like that." He's like, "This is who I am," and he just said he's like, "I'm just going to keep being who I am because obviously I'm entertaining."
2: And that's one of the things people don't realize. Like maybe he really isn't like that, but wrestling wrestlers don't live their gimmick enough anymore. Like, could yeah. you imag- I mean, could you imagine back in like the '90s, like? Steve Austin to start if Twitter existed then and like sent out a tweet going, Hey, good match, brother. To like, true. I mean, no, like they, you know, like I get that in real life, they're, they're you know, that Seth Rollins is, you know, who is yeah, Kobe. I, you
0: know, I honestly know. realized that when, um, and I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, yeah, but no, no I, I, wanted, I wanted to mention that I remember seeing it was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn when they were feuding. Yeah. And this was, I think, when they were both in NXT still and they posted a photo together. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it was just like, come on, like, it's like you said, if if Austin and like The Rock, like, yeah. you know, had like, you know, commented like a happy face or like a heart on like one of their <laughs> like photos yeah. or something about their kid or whatever <laughs> it is. And it's like, no, this is not where it's at. Like, you guys have something that you need to uphold. Like, people are invested into this storyline. It's hard for us to remain invested yeah. if you're not keeping to it.
2: And I don't even mind if I can acknowledge in their head that they're actors. You know, like, you know, no one walks up to Tom Cruise and go, Tom Hanks, because, man, you're fake. You know, like, you're not really that guy. You know, we people don't do that. But people don't act in character all the time, like, you know, in the wrestling. So, like, you know, just keep it on the up and up. You know, like you said. Like, how can you – like, the Miz, I honestly think the only reason Miz is a face because he's not really in real – I mean, he plays the heel so well. But you can't talk about your wife having a baby and get booed. Yep. And you have your second baby, like, oh, boo, boo, you having sex with that pretty woman and having sex, boo. (laughs) I mean, that that
1: and he's just so likable. It's so hard to boo him on top of that. He's naturally just kind of a face.
2: Yeah. And so stuff like that, you know, like wrestling, I just like, sometimes I'm like, you know, like, buy me dinner first, you know, don't ruin it for me, you know, like every once in a while, like, I don't want. All right. I'll tell you this. Like back in the 80s, once I walked into a McDonald's in Atlanta and Nikita Koloff was eating at the table. When he was a, well, with like another wrestler, like T. Joe Khan was like some scrub looking guy who's supposed to be from outer Mongolia. And then they were sitting with like Tommy Rich, of all people. And I'm like, well, I know that's the, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like in the old days, The whole I, I'm not saying we need to go back to the old days where like heels and faces can't travel together. But you don't got to tell me the story. Don't, don't outwardly go on. Hey, it's a storyline. You don't have to tell me that part on, on, on Twitter. I would, I would rather you just pretend like it's real. A little bit,
0: you know. Yeah, just somehow keep to the gimmick. Even if anything, play on the fan that, that's trying to get you to trip up the situation. Yeah. No point in even trying to, like, ruin it's the like, storyline you have going.
2: Because, you know, back in the old days when we had, like, heel announcers. When we had, like, Bobby the Brain hanging when he was either in the WWF or when he was at Nitro. Or now. Like, I, can't des- I honestly can't decide what Corey Graves is trying to be. Because, like, he kind of goes back and forth, but he can be a real, like, jerk to people on, on, like, social media or, or just say stupid stuff. Like, if you know someone's got a mental illness, don't make fun of them on Twitter if they work with you. You know, like with Moro, that whole situation. I'm like, yeah, they should just make him a heel because he's got a natural jerk personality. Like, I don't think he gets it. It just comes across like it's rude. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, I- I've always interpreted that he is a heel.
2: Yeah, I just feel like it was like weird. To me, it's like the whole situation with Morrow. Now look, I, I, I see people all the people I, I hate the whole adage when people say, Oh, people just need to toughen up. You know, that's like telling a drug to not drink. You know, like you can't change if how your body biologically handles situations. But if you're a coworker and you know someone is sub he bit he knows about his bipolar disorder and you I mean, like that I when he first posted, I saw it and I, I like tweeted and what. I tweeted a wrestler, I know, probably, I said, this isn't going to end well. I didn't think Morrow would, like, do what he did and, like, leave for a little bit. But I was just like, it just came off as rude. So I was kind of hoping it was an angle. But then it turned out it wasn't. I was like, oh, it got worse. I was like, uh, I said, I was like, oh, man, Corey, just just stop, stop tweeting.
0: Well, I wanted to bring up, since we were on the topic yeah. of AEW, and now actually actually brought up commentary Um I, I don't know if you saw last week on AEW, though. Like, one thing that also took away from me with AEW was, like, JR, for instance. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was during one of the women's matches. Like, one of the women were entering the ring, and he's like, well, I don't know nothing about them. And he just, like, pretty much stayed silent throughout the whole match because he didn't know what to say about them pretty much. Um,
2: I, I, I will say this, and I can understand how people get, like, maybe, like, uh, salty with JR. is a way to put it. Um... I don't mind that he acts like he don't know what the hell's going on, because to me, it's better in those certain situations. Now, look, we need to uh, we need to probably keep him a little bit more up to speed about what words are socially correct to call people. Like, oh uh, yeah, I don't really think he thought Oriental was bad, because honestly, generation, you know, like it changes. You know, like I mean, one of the companies they work with has the word Oriental in it, so I can imagine him not thinking it's not the best term to use. But, like, let's just, just put them aside and just say, hey, don't say that, don't worry. But being that you got, like, um, Excalibur right there, you know, who's, like, what I call, like, the masked Mike today from the old W. You know, he like just knows all the moves and stuff. I think it's okay if they play it off, as long as it doesn't come off like he's bitter. But I don't think he is. I mean, I realize Jay Harris is a little, like, salty. <laughs> which was like a, one of those things that kind of surprised me just from knowing him for wrestling. I just thought he would have been jovial, but he really isn't. Um, but I like JR a lot. And yeah, I, same. And I think JR immediately gave that com- company credibility. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. Immediately, as soon as you saw him, I said, everybody goes, that's JR, you know, whatever. And look, I love Tony Schiavone just as a person. And to listen to his old podcast from the first episode he did and how bitter he was toward wrestling when basically when WCW was bought out and then he didn't have a job in wrestling for 20 years because basically WWE just didn't want nothing to do with it. But to see him slowly realize that the fans loved him, even though he might not have been JR, he was still a voice of many people's wrestling uh, fandom. He slowly started, like, stopped being like what I call a, a really cynical, old cranky bastard and became like slowly started falling back in love wrestling and support the turnaround that he gets a job at AEW working for the son of one of his former bosses, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, and to hear him now and how appreciative he is, even though he doesn't know all the as he calls it, the flippy stuff either. He just tries to kind of jump in where he can. But the, the emotional connection he has like with the Rhodes family, I'm like, I love the him and JR there. Now, I don't think JR can announce for like five more years or anything. And so they probably need to, at some point, work, try to find someone to slowly break in with J- under JR's tutelage because I know he's doing some backstage stuff, you know, helping. But yeah, there's some stuff, and I think he still got he does got a little bit of that old school like. And I agree with him sometimes. Like, why do ten kicks and make you not think it's important when you could just do one and actually sell it, you know? So, but there's going to be a difference of a,
0: uh,
2: uh, love and wrestling between the younger generation. Who grew up watching a lot of indie or watching Japan or watching Mexico more than people who grew up watching the old territories?
0: You know, yeah, watching. I mean everything evolves over time, regardless. So go
2: back and watch, yeah. go back and watch the Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat classic trilogy, and and the emotion and the story telling like, runs that show. But I don't think people can watch that match anymore. There would be somebody yelling "boring" because there's a headlock. Like, it's just different now. You can't do it. You got to high spot everything.
0: And Dude, I don't like, for instance, back then, I mean, you're talking about during those trilogies, they're going for an hour long in those yeah. matchups. We, we rarely get an hour long matchup anymore.
2: Dude, if it was an hour long match, I would get up and make a sandwich. Cause, like, I mean, I'll admit it. I mean, unless you built it up, but now back then we didn't have a wrestling, but like, that might have been like every three or four months on a pay per view. As opposed to, Lord, at that amount of hours of wrestling we get a week now. So, yeah, I mean, now I, we have I,
0: I, 19 pay-per-views a year with WWE alone.
2: I mean, like, I mean, there's sometimes I'm like, when you sent me the uh, Twitter uh, message saying, oh, yeah, we can talk about TLC this weekend," I was like, oh, God, there's the pay-per-view this weekend. Like, I totally, like, I haven't watched as much this week uh, live, but I was like, God, it's just like every time I turn around, I swore I just watched Survivor Series. I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, Survivor Series was just like two or three weeks ago now. Yeah. Already at TLC, there's probably going to be, I feel like, another one before the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble is at the end of January. So I'm sure another one's probably going to pop up either right before then or either slightly that or after that.
2: A, some network special or something, yeah,
0: yeah, for yeah. real. I mean, it's crazy. But uh, before we get into the TLC matchup, sure. so we're talking about AEW. We have you know the the rival half right there is NXT. Have you been man. able to catch up with NXT as of recently?
2: Yeah, oh man. Um, I, I I usually even beforehand like I like I one reason I don't really worry about the ratings between NXT and AEW is that I just automatically right now the crowd is what gives AEW the edge because they got a bigger crowd and its live so I usually watch AEW live and just because I'm used to recording or watching NXT on the on the network I usually watch NXT the next day but going back like the past month and a half man did adam cole show out or what
0: i mean a- adam cole's my guy right now like that's like the number one guy to me in the entire company I, right when now he,
2: when he first signed with wwe with nxc i i had my reservations whether or not he would be like ever the, the big star down I mean, there i mean he's so small if you really look at him
0: yeah but, he really is like he, honestly but, i, I want to yeah. say he's no bigger than 5'10".
2: Yeah, I mean, he's skinny, too. Like, like I'm sure Vincent asked him to, like, bench press a couple pounds, you know, every once in a while. But I stopped thinking about that, watching those matches, because he's just so great. I, you know, there's that. I mean, I've, I'm a big, I talk, I've, I've talked to Tommaso Ciampa a couple times. He's just a cool guy. I love the look. Uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, uh, we follow each other on Twitter. I'll send him a message every once in a while. It's because, like, we're all kind of like Disney geeks like he is. And. And all his matches, but all the takeovers, I mean, like, there's just not been a bad one. You know?
1: And those are some of the best matches I've ever seen.
2: Oh, totally. And you can, like, and and there was a a time period with NXT that I was so busy with my websites or with having kids that I literally wouldn't watch NXT for, like, a month, and then I would hear that there's a takeover coming up, and then I would just go ahead and binge-watch, like, the four weeks leading up to it. And then you're like, okay, I'm getting it, because the storytelling's very simplistic, but it's like, Oh, this guy hates this guy, or this guy wants that title. I can, I can deal with it. They usually did all the turns. I mean, going back to watching Kevin Owens debut and his turn on Sami Zayn. I mean, like nowadays we see too many uh, bumps on the side of the ring. But man, when he first did that uh, power bomb on the side of the ring on Sami, I thought he killed him. And then, but more recently, dude Keith Lee. Oh my God, he's amazing. Like when his 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 uh the way he the way he showed out at um. Survivor Series. The biggest rumor I heard backstage was that Vince McMahon was popping big for him, but I hope it's true. That's
1: yeah, it. I heard that too, and he probably was. Honestly, I mean, that guy is is going to be a WWE champion one day.
2: Dude, he's got he's got like he's got charisma. He's he's a big fella.
1: He's got literally everything.
2: Oh, I love I love the I love the whole thing. I mean, I love heel Finn Balor now.
1: Oh yeah, so much better I mean, than face Balor. Yeah.
0: Well, they we've just, mentioned the three yeah. that this week they're actually wrestling each other: Champa versus mm-hmm. Finn Balor versus Keith Lee.
1: Yeah, I, I'm
2: I'm gonna watch that. I'm a big Matt Riddle fan. I think he's got the look. I think he's yeah. the next John Cena of the WWE. They don't even know it yet. I think he just got the charisma. You know, he, he's different, but he's got he's a bad He's strong. I mean, he's going to have to improve a few things and probably learn to shut his mouth a couple times. You don't want to like this on one of Vince's middle tickets too much,
1: but <laughs>
2: I just think he's got superstar written all over my life oh, yeah, no, for sure
1: for sure he, Matt 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 is one of the best and and, and one of the most reputable fighters he's at that like I mean that guy can shoot fight you know like for real I don't know if you've heard it but like you know he's got his
2: ring entrance music but you know the guy who did the rapping on the Twitter but then he got hired by the NXT Josiah or something
0: yeah well
2: he he does a rap to Matt riddles thing it's the best thing I've ever heard I always would play it Cause his, I mean, he put words to Matt Riddle's theme song. It's, a, it's awesome. I, so That's the first time I really, like, heard it. And then I wish the WWE would let Matt Riddle have shirts like he used to have on in the indie days. If you just go back and look at his indie shirts, I'd buy all of them if I saw them, but, like, all the WWE shop shirts are so generic. But uh, I love Riddle. I mean, there ain't nobody. I mean, <laughs> let me think who I'm missing. I mean, right now, the, I mean, the only place where I see – there's no competition right now between AEW and NXT, is the women's division where NXT women are just destroying them.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not no, I don't cool. think the women's division's ever been better. No,
2: I mean, the NXT women is just like solid. You know, like I remember growing up and you'd get the occasional women's match and even Medusa. I mean, like you'd leave the room and it's not because you were being like sexist. They just didn't treat it seriously. So right. why, would, why would you treat it seriously? Because you were subconsciously, that's how you were. But, and I wasn't sure, but like, man. You know, like, I told somebody once, like, women's wrestling, it goes from, like, the old days, like, I could look at Paige when she first debuted, besides the fact that I'm almost old enough to be her dad, to go, wow, she's beautiful. But then she does some move, and you start worrying about their beauty, even though beauty's nice, I ain't, I'm not trying to act like I'm not a male. But, like, I don't watch matches just looking at somebody, like, how I used to watch Stacey Keebler step into a ring. I watch Charlotte. And I watch, Keith, and I watch, I watch Charlotte, and I watch Sasha. But even the NXT, all the women in the NXT, Baszler will kick everybody's butt. I mean, I love her. Uh, say Basler. Baszler. And I love, I love the new girl from. Um, I can't believe her, what, what's her name? Ripley. R- 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 Ripley. Rhea R- R- Ripley. Oh,
0: yeah, oh, and she ass, but, she's only twenty three as well. She's young.
2: And like I was listening, to somebody she like I said she's young and like she's you know she's something. Um, You know, like, she's a big, strong girl, but she still looks like a female. And and someone was really rude to her called, like, a guy on Twitter or something. And, like, you could tell it actually hurt her feelings. And then Mark Henry gets on and starts talking about what a beautiful woman she is. I said, oh, God, Mark Henry's done slipped into a sexual chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, baby, you are fine. Some people need some courage. I'm all over you. I'm, like, laughing. In my background, I'm hearing that music from sexual chocolate. Hit it, Mark. (laughs) Go for it. Shoot your shot. You know but, <laughs> I mean but like that's I mean she could I mean like
1: Rhea could be the top of, of the whole company in the You could
2: bring it. them all in. I don't you know if they ever want to do a competition. I mean, you know like I think people bash for example Charlotte a lot. Unfairly. Yeah, really. I don't get that. I think it's just really because she's by far the best female wrestler in the WWE when you consider everything. I'm not saying all moves said, but I'm talking about how to get heat, how to how to wrestle, how to promo. I think she's the all-around and the superstar of the female of the, of the world. Well,
0: I'm going to say this as far as yeah. impact goes. I don't think she's as great as her father, but with in-ring capability and like some of the things she's able to pull off, honestly, she's up there with people like her father. Like she oh, really I, has yeah. all the potential in the world.
2: And, and I think what you got it is it's kind of like um, I try to tell people, like when Vince has somebody that he knows he can trust them, he's going to let them run with the ball way longer than maybe the fans want it to happen, like Cena or Reigns before his, like, earlier I was going to say
0: Roman Reigns.
2: So, but, but, but like, it's because he couldn't trust anybody else. How many other ones were drawing, like, like uh, for example, drawing, like, uh, Charlotte was, or wasn't injured? She was dead. But think about now. Think about a WrestleMania in a year of, like, Charlotte versus, like, Rhea Ripley. Or, Bas- Bas- I mean, like, it's going to be to the point where you don't need Charlotte to put the whole women's division on her back, and people get tired of her. She's now an equal part with, like, three or four. Now, mind you, I'm a big, I'm a big Sasha fan. And I think her, heel Sasha and heel Charlotte's where it's at. They just need to figure out a, a baby face female who can, like, rival them. And, and I, I think Becky kind of is, but she kind of acts like a heel. Like, I don't get her persona sometimes. I like her. But, you know, it's a little, little tweener.
1: You um, know, for, for me, I like Becky, but there's something <laughs> – she's just not, like – my wrestler you know what i mean like she's not my favorite but i do like i don't
2: her. think she's the i don't think she's the best on the mic and i don't think she's the best in the ring but she did get the the most over i mean the most well-deserved uh, like heel turn and pushed of all the women like she'd been like the you know the one who just would get all shucks and got pinned it was like two giddy two shoes for so long that everybody popped and then coming up with the i'm the man phrase i mean that was awesome i mean she had the great best gimmick you know there ain't no arguing there. And I'm not that's not a bash of her. You know, like I just but like who would have ever thought getting your getting your face cracked in would be like like seal your career? I mean, like that made her. Uh which when she, she got that face punch. Uh what's her name? Um
0: nia Jack. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But uh I mean that, that made her money right there.
0: Yeah, literally it literally brought the whole man thing to life. Um but it's crazy to see where everything is going, and I mean, you know. Ron SmackDown seems to be picking up the slack a little bit, too, as far as trying to match yeah. the quality of where NXT has been and then trying to make sure that AEW, you know, realizes that they're there to stay. Um, and I, I, I got to say, you know, it's not quite where it needs to be just yet, but yeah. it's definitely made a lot of progress. And well, let me, ask you th-
2: let me ask you guys something. I, I don't think I understand the purpose of the Bobby Lashley and um, um, feud with Rusev and stuff. But I'm glad that Rusev's on TV and I'm glad Bobby Lashley's on TV. But like I was watching it raw last night and I'm like I turned it off after. I'm like somebody really loves this storyline.
1: Yeah, Vince Vince loves the storyline.
0: I I think honestly it's like because people are going to be like why are they doing this that they want to like tune into and see like where are they trying to go with this? Where are they trying to go yeah. with this? And they're tuning in to watch it. Yeah. And On the other hand, you could also look at it like it's a crazy alternative universe where divorce is actually settled in table matches.
2: (laughs) I mean, it probably would save money. Um, But like my wife infrequently watches wrestling; like she knows a little bit about stuff. But like I I was watching it last night, and she was in the kitchen, and she yells out, "She yells at me. When did she stop being Russian?" And I go, go, "Oh well, you know, she's legitimately knows the language, but she fakes a little bit of accent, you know, but." Uh, I don't know when, but then she walked through the room and my wife looked at her. She goes, well, I see why she's on TV because of the low cut shirt. I said, well, I was not paying attention to that at all. I swear, but, <laughs> but, um, but I'll tell you what, finding something for Bobby Lashley, cause I think he's underrated. I would you know, I don't know if you remember, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but it was Bobby Lashley versus Braun, Braun Strowman. That was the I was one of the best, like, Oh yeah. Ultra heavyweight fights I'd seen in years. They just beat the hell out of each other. And I liked it. To the point that uh, Bobby Lashley replied back to me going, maybe there's another alpha male I could fight and be tagged Brock Lesnar. I'm like, yes, do it.
1: I've always thought that's a missed opportunity right there. I I said it when he first came
0: back. I said it when he first came back. He should be wrestling Lesnar.
1: I mean, just have him just fight. I mean, like,
2: I get that Kane Dallasquez beat Brock Lesnar for real, but I don't look at Kane and go, oh, he's better than Brock. But I don't watch UFC that much. You know, you know what I'm saying? you know, right. I've seen a few UFC matches, but I get that Kane's awesome in the, in the octagon. But I'm like, I'd rather see him fight Bobby Lashley. And he's got an MMA background with Bellator.
1: I I've seen it. Completely agree with that. I, I'd, I'd much rather, and I still would see that match honestly, even though Bobby Lashley has been booked pretty terribly, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think everyone can agree on that pretty much. Um, yeah. I would still be into that match. Like that's thats a match they can do at any time, and and there doesn't even really need to be a story for it. Uh, I just all think- you got
2: to do is story or you got to do storyline is just after Lesnar beats whoever he beats next, just yep. Paul Heyman going, "Well, I think we're leaving. There's no one else who can compete with him." And then that Lashley walks out, just just lays lays him on the ground, and there you go. There's you got to. You could have a two- or three-month program with that, you know. I don't think – Yeah, it, doesn't, it won't
1: take much for, for, to set up that feud, really.
2: Yeah, and then besides that, I mean, I like watching Lesnar. I mean, tell you about story. I mean, who would have – I mean, if you if it was a regular match between Rey Mysterio and Brock the other day, who would have thought it would have been good? But being that you build up that he beat the heck out of his kid, I mean, they booked that match perfectly. I mean, it was great. I, I liked it. I watched it. I was like – that was great, and then the I, next, I mean, that
1: whole crowd was into that match it was so, and they were they so wanted Ray to win that by the end, and I mean, it's it, Ray. They bolted so great for that match, and and when Brock is on, I mean, like when he actually shows up and he's there to yes. work, I mean, he's he's really damn good. He doesn't get enough credit for that. Well, yeah, when he wants to fight
2: and carry a match like that one, and you know, and I liked it, the next night on Raw, Ray won the uh, U.S. title even though it was from AJ, just because I kind of felt like that was like, hey, Ray, that's thank you. Yeah. For the match last night, you know, and Dominic's gonna be a wrestler. Lance Storm trained him for a little bit. Now Lance is back working for the WWE, and I bet they. I, I mean, I don't. I, I feel bad for the kid if they debut him on the main roster, you know. But like, it's every once in a while. Do this, maybe send him down to NXT for like a year. But I mean, I'd love to see that. Even if Ray was like his manager, I mean, like you know, whatever. I'll, I'll buy it. I like Ray Mysterio enough. I'll, I'll support his son.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree there. And that's something we're going to, you know, wait down the line for. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, it has a lot of excitement on it, given the fact that he's already had like programs with Lesnar and like Cain Velasquez yeah. and his own father at that. Yeah. Um, But l- looking at Raw that just happened uh, this past week, yeah. I-, I don't know if you guys got to watch it in full just yet, but I actually thought it was a pretty solid Raw. Um, I, I You know, I had some enjoyable matches, but also some entertaining segments. Um, you know, l- let's start off first and foremost with like the tag team program between like Street Profits and then the oh. Viking Raiders was pretty damn good. I-, I really enjoyed that, but I'm having a feeling that we're going to see the O C versus the Viking Raiders sooner or later. Um how do you guys feel about that?
1: I'm not I'm not really not into that match, honestly. I I, I don't uh, you know the OC. I like him because of AJ Styles, but I, as just Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, they honestly I recognize that they're very talented and all the history in, in Japan and all that. But it just doesn't do anything for me in 2019. With I, I just think there's a lot of better teams they could be wrestling right now. Maybe not on Raw, but just out there in the wrestling industry, and especially on WWE. I, I think. There's just better matches you can do than that. But I get at the same time why they're doing the match. It kind of does need to happen anyway. So, as much as I don't really want to see it, I get why it's happening.
0: Like AOP versus Viking Raiders would be way better. Exactly. Exactly.
2: And like I like the OC, but like you say, I like it because of the history with AJ Styles. And I. I want them three like beating up people, and I want them maybe to add a fourth or a fifth person with it to be more Bullet Club like. Yeah. But I don't need to see them win the titles. I don't need to see them involved. I'm also torn about the other matches because I like all the tag teams. I just don't feel like there's any story to why I should be cheering for one another. Street Profits, I mean, who could have? I mean, I love that they have got over by holding a solo cup. I mean, and they're funny, and I think they have a great future. But like they're one of the few people I feel like that are booked better by the, at Raw than they were at NXT, you know. For a while, you know. But I like them. I like the Viking Raiders. Um, I don't know. As for the AOP, I'm not really. I've never been intrigued with them as a, just like a dominant tactic because they're so much bigger than everybody else. Like when you say like get them involved, I'm more intrigued by this AOP maybe in cahoots with Seth Rollins if if they actually play this out.
0: You know, well uh, now now they've officially come out as a faction, pretty much that Seth okay, Rollins I is working with them.
2: Yeah, I didn't finish watching it last night, so I don't know. But I like that idea because you know Seth playing the little you know the little uh, dastardly heel like that. But the tag team, I just don't understand how WWE if every. I, I mean, I get Vince and his company. But when everybody in the world thinks the revival, and if you do, if you didn't watch those revival matches versus Gargano and Ciampa in NXT and didn't think they were superstars, I don't get it. I'm like, they actually wrestle as a team and do you know, like try to cut off the ring and like do moves together. I mean, like, I just want them in every match. I mean, I really feel like total tangent, but I really feel like I wish that Raw and SmackDown shared a heavyweight champ and shared the tag team champs and they both appeared on both shows. There's too many belts. But, like, I just want to see Revival beat, like, through Little Hills and just keep beating teams every week. You know, I don't know. That's me.
0: No, yeah, I could definitely see that, though, because the Revival is definitely one of the better teams that they have. Um, but speaking of the OC, we also got to see AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio. I really enjoyed that match. I feel like, actually... Rey Mysterio showcased one of his better matches since his return, like next to the Brock Lesnar match. He really killed this match. Um, so, Matt, if you haven't seen it already, I would definitely suggest watching it. Kev, did oh, you get I'll, to I'll see it? it yeah.
1: Um, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, after watching most of RAW yesterday, I kind of fast forward to like the last five minutes of the match just because like WWE has programmed me to just. Uh, makes me realize hey only like the last few minutes really matter our main events really aren't that great anymore so if you say it's a great match maybe i'll actually go back and watch the whole match but that that typically i just get to i'm just like get to the point and i just fast forward to the last couple minutes of the match to see if anything happens
0: because it's not like a pay-per-view match but it was an absolutely perfect for raw match like it was just enough to get me by and like want to see what's going to happen next i will say the ending was slightly sloppy due to time um and fun side fact i don't don't even know if it's fun but Rey mysterio actually ripped his pants at the end of the match uh so yeah there was also that but it was just a crazy ending but a great match you know leading up to the ending um but yeah raw was definitely enjoyable this week so if you guys haven't gotten to finish it or watching in full i definitely suggest it um but wrestlemania season it is rapidly approaching do you fellas have any hot takes as far as any surprises or dream matchups you might have leading into wrestlemania like any royal rumble predictions or anything like that
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for Royal Rumble, I, it's like you would think they, they're going to have Kevin Owens win the Rumble, but then I also think they could just have Roman Reigns win it and have him maybe beat The Fiend at WrestleMania for the title. So uh, that's that, those are just like the the easy kind of... Go to predictions. Really, if it were my my pick and my choosing, which I know it's not going to happen, I would love for Keith Lee to just win the Rumble. Just, I would love for just for them to give us a surprise, a true good surprise Rumble winner where there's like you can kind of build off of. It's not too out there, but it, they would have to do it really in in a really clever way and with the right person. They can't just do it with just anyone. I I like that idea. Um,
2: I think I've heard the rumor of Roman Reigns winning and. It doesn't – nothing against Roman Reigns. Because, like, the the guy does get a lot of beef, a lot of grief about stuff when he's actually pretty decent in the ring, uh, having pretty decent heavyweight matches. But I just don't feel like – I don't like that people go, okay, Reigns is just going to be in it. Like, I already know what the next six months are going to be. Like you said, I would just pop massively if someone like Keith Lee or, like, Matt Riddle or somebody – like, if Lesnar was a champ. And, you know, and just somebody wins the Rumble that you don't expect and they have to build a program based on who's this guy to think he can challenge me. He don't have to win. But I like the Kevin Owens idea. I would like something. I just don't like him to automatically in their head go, okay, we need to have somebody to beat the fame in six months. Let's just ride it out. If the if the crowd is still hot for him, let him keep the title.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, and, and honestly, I would think honestly, if if it were up to me, I would have Fiend keep that title through WrestleMania. I don't even have him drop it. Keep yeah. that title for a really long time. And,
2: and I'm not mistaken that his match versus? I don't we get a little head? So he's going to be this this weekend. He's going to be the first time that he wrestles as Bray Wyatt. But not, yeah, okay, like okay. it like in
0: the Mister Rogers kind of persona. Gotcha.
2: Got That's what I thought. But you know, like I like this persona. Um, I don't know if y'all were shocked, but I was just kind of thought when he first got the title match with with uh, Seth Rollins at the fiasco, the hell in the cell, like I never thought he would win it. I didn't I didn't think that's how the match would end, but I thought it was too soon. Me too. But but having him as the champ, you know, he doesn't need the belt, but I don't know how you take it off of him now. You gave it to him. You got to keep it on for him for a long time and you got to build somebody up to beat him. Honestly,
1: I think you could build Braun back up to there. They just have yeah. to put the time back into building him and stop making him such an afterthought. I mm-hmm. think if you put him seriously in that, in that really good booking they were doing, where every week on TV he was killing it. I think it was like in maybe 2017 or early 2018, somewhere around there, like his programs with Roman, when he was on Raw, he was killing it. And I think if you built him back up to it, I think he would be the one that could convincingly beat The Fiend. Yeah, Roman went from
2: flipping an ambulance over to like getting pinned. And like in like in like eight months, like, you know, like sometimes I laugh thinking about how he gets pinned by one guy. But there was that one time that match, I can't remember if it was a, a elimination chamber or something and five or six guys couldn't pin Brian. You know, it just feels like so whatever they were hot about him then, but now they just don't seem to be as excited about Strowman. I,
1: I just think they're doing that thing where they're 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 saving him. They're just yeah. like, not yet. We're, we're going to hold off on, on on pulling the trigger on him. But they do that with so many wrestlers, and I think they just take too long sometimes. Also, I was going They just yeah. need to go for it. Do
2: you think they take too long? Because I almost feel like sometimes they wait too long, and then then the excitement starts to dissipate from the fans. They're like, oh, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: As somebody who was a Dolph Ziggler fan, thank you. I mean, every time they – like, you think – like, I remember when he was – you know, when Sting debuted in the WWE and helped Dolph uh, beat the uh, the authority, you thought, all right, finally they're going to rebook Dolph. And then, no, like, two months later, he's just jobbing out to everybody again. i like, I just – I hate it. I just, like, stopped being a fan of him because it just wasn't worth it because, you know, it's like he was going to get beat every week because he was a good worker.
0: Yeah, it makes no sense when they do that to guys like Dolph Ziggler. Um, but actually, I don't, I don't know if you guys heard his tag partner, uh, Robert Roode and Primo Colon. They were both suspended today for violating the wellness program. I
2: saw that and I had two thoughts. One, who knew that Primo still worked there?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that was the reply on like all the tweets was just and, like Primo still has a job.
2: And then two, maybe Bobby Roode just really wanted to spend Christmas with his family. This ain't a bad time to get suspended. He'll be back before the <laughs> Royal Rumble. I was like, maybe he's like somebody, hey, I need to borrow your drug-induced pee. Come here. <laughs> I want to get suspended. But um, um,
0: Well, he has nothing better going on either right now.
2: Oh, That's another guy I don't get. I mean, he was so over as a heel. in, in the. Um, don't get me started. In NXT. Yeah. And
0: we were talking said, about it on the last episode uh, with him.
2: And people said that they turned him to like a, a face because Vince didn't want him being cheered as a heel. I'm like that's the stupidest
1: reason I've ever heard. Well, and, and you know and you know I could I understood that for yeah. the first few weeks, maybe the first few months at most. Yeah. But after about 4 to 6 months at the very most, man, like they took it everyone was waiting, especially when he went over the raw, everyone's like, "Oh, okay. Now is coming the heel turn right, and no, yeah. they just they kept on with it, kept on with it to the point where it was way too late. And like even Batista said this years ago in an interview, yeah. he said like that they, they that Vince he's he's pitched a lot of these ideas that all the fans want like stuff like this, and then he he's so against it, but then ends up going with it once it's too late already, and no one cares anymore. So like, who would have thought with having
2: Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Bobby Roode, and then even a while back Finn Balor on the main roster, and we didn't have any great matches with any of them.
1: I mean, had maybe a couple. We'll but that.
2: There was no great match. I mean, I, I mean, the best thing we I, I, out of Shinsuke, I think, was maybe the heel turn on AJ. And,
1: yeah, and that was a great heel turn, but they yeah. didn't follow through with it.
2: Yeah, but they didn't do anything else. And you know what? I even like how they changed his uh, entrance music to make him not because that was kind of like Vince saying, I don't want to sing around. Like, I, I never heard Japanese rap. I'm all in it now. I would be all over that music. I like it. But Shinsuke should. I don't care if he doesn't speak great English. But, you know, I like the idea with Sammy with him now, though. I mean, Sammy has obeyed now. He gets paid the same and he doesn't get beat up every match. You know, so he's just basically a, a, a manager. I said, I think that works. I just don't understand all the great matches we could be having that we saw in NXT or potential. And they just ignore it. I, I, that's the stuff that makes me scratch my head and why I'm glad there's more competition now because. You need somebody like Ambrose who saying, screw it, I'm going to go somewhere else just to make Vince maybe take him more seriously.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's definitely something that makes you scratch your head as far as like Shinsuke goes. I mean, him winning the Rumble and then going to Mania mm-hmm. versus AJ Styles, it just seemed like he was really in line to like get that boost. Yeah. And just something as simple as him, you know, not being able to fully communicate on the mic and Vince's eyes, just holding him back. It's hard, it's hard to think about, like, how do you even come to that, you know, sort of conclusion. But, you know, at the end of the day, business is business, and the business is in Vince's hands. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, but uh, actually, also this week, the WWE announced the first two inductees to the Hall of Fame for 2020. We got Batista and the NWO, but the NWO will be inducted as Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott, uh, Scott Hall, and uh, X-Pac. So... One thing I saw you, Matt, you actually yeah. tweeted about was that why wouldn't you induct Bischoff? Why would you induct X-Pac at that?
2: It was very weird. They even, like, the WWE even put out, I mean, I know Hogan didn't really say this, but Hulk put out this quote saying the first four members, no, the Giant was the fourth member. X-Pac was, like, seven. You know, that's not even accurate. You know, like, uh, it, if it's going to be just three, if it's just going to be the rest of it should have been Hogan, Nash, and Hall. I, I mean, don't get wrong. I'm not bashing the X part. I like him. I like I like him at six. I guess he was six there. I liked him. I don't mind you putting him in it. But, man, it was vicious gig. I mean, I guess you fired the guy. But I think they're on good speaking terms. I mean, I think he got a nice severance package. But maybe they just didn't want to have Eric up there. But, you know, I, mean, I mean, I don't know if Eric had a lot of good ideas. But he did do that one. Uh, if, but if you're not going to include Eric, but at an x pocket at that point, I'm like, where's K-Dog at? I mean, I want them all then. Bring them all back. Bring, you know, a, a Vince, uh, Scott Norton. Let's <laughs> just bring the whole cast of characters. Buff Bagwell. Oh, God, I hate Buff. But, yes, bring Buffs and stuff out there. Uh,
0: Scott Steiner, get, all yes, them. Yes,
2: I get why you don't. And those four, you know, and being that um, Waltman was so important, you know, in the clique. And, you know, with Holland Nash friends. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just... I'm assuming that someone said, Bischoff, look, we haven't ever brought anybody into the, into the uh, Hall of Fame just based on they wrote a storyline, so we're not going to include you in this, even though he was actually in the NWO. I think they might say, hey, down the road, we'll bring you into the Hall of Fame for your contribution to the wrestling period. That's just my thinking. But, but my first reaction was, well, I know Bischoff. And, I don't know. It was just weird.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, you would think Bischoff would be a part of it, not because he wrote the storyline, though he was yeah. actually in yeah. it. Like he was actually in it. I mean, that's that's who he was. Um, but the N.W. I mean, I'm I'm glad to see them get inducted. I mean, I know it's a little later than it should have been, but obviously for quality reasons, given the whole whole Hogan situation. But now that he's back, it's good to see them get inducted. They're all two time Hall of Famers now, including X Pac. Um, X Pac being inducted back to back years at that. Uh, but let's jump into these TLC picks So
2: Hey, can I tell you real quick a good story about Batista? Before
0: yeah, absolutely oh, I, I I definitely got one actually as well I just remembered oh. I met him one time in Miami Beach He is a
2: cool guy A nice dude For a big old big dude you think would be like a jerk I'm going to tell you a story that is kind of like off the books But I have a friend We both live in Atlanta And he was a good guy He's former Marine But he had this, he had this Labrador retriever No, excuse me, Golden Retriever And it was dying He had cancer and he couldn't afford to like uh, have you know canine cancer treatment, so he was he was like he had a GoFundMe page and I'd send him some money, and he had tweeted to uh, uh, to D- Batista asking if he just retweet the message because you know he knows Dave was really big into animals, and Dave did. And this is back when they were filming Guardians of the Galaxy the first one, I believe, so he was in the Atlanta area too. So like a few months later. Or, no, like, no, not a few months, a few weeks later, Batista, like, messages him and going, how's the money coming? And he told him, we were about still, like, 4000 short. He goes, "What? what's your veterinary place? And he goes, give me the name. So, Batista called up and paid off the whole thing. Personally, just called up the vet place to pay for the animal's treatment. And then uh, Dave actually stopped by his house to meet the dog one day. Like, he has a picture of Dave sitting in his Lazy Boy. Like, while he, like during the weeks, he was filming um, uh, Gardens of the Galaxy. And then, um, or, but maybe it was the Avengers. I don't know, one of the movies. And then the dog eventually did pass. But, like, I mean, like, he sent that my friend Dave, like, a nice long message. That sorry about his dog when he's passing. He, he hoped he helped him live a little longer, and he did. But I'm like, who would have ever thought that Dave Bautista, from, from what I knew him, you know, as a wrestler, would have been, like, one of the greatest human beings I'd ever talked to in the wrestling world. Just, like, just so awesome to kind um, of help people out
0: yeah that that's a great story i mean all right so i i don't say the name of the company i work for on here but the company i do work for is a pet supply company and we we love taking care of pets wherever we can so to hear something like that is definitely touching and you don't really expect that out of a guy like batista because a lot of people probably perceive him as being like a hollywood sort of like jackass Mm. kind of situation but Hey, I, I definitely could respect that. That that's a true genuine move, like out of his own heart to make sure like, he like, takes care of. And like he never,
2: like he never talked about it publicly on on Twitter. He never like you know asked for it. I mean we thank him, and like all the reason I'm saying it here is because he don't know who I am. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> because like my friend Dave, just we always joke in our little wrestling circle that you can't talk bad about David Batista. So and like when people, uh, we say Batista, real shut up. And like and that's just, just me. you got to be cool about wrestling. You can't talk bad about. It.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely no slander about Batista around here now, especially that we've heard that story on the show. Definitely. It's even more of a reason to not slander Batista, but uh, I, I do love the story, man. That's a, that's a great story. Real touching right there. Uh, but let's jump into these TLC picks. So the first one I got here, I, I think this has had a pretty decent build-up, and I think this is going to be a match that catches everybody's attention if they haven't been paying attention to the storyline already, but Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. So I'll start off with you, Matt, uh, since you're the guest of the show. Who do you got? I'm pretty sure
2: Black's going to win that one, uh, but I really love uh, the match. is going to be a great match, and it's going to help bring both of them up, but Alistair's definitely going to take that win.
0: What about you, Kev?
1: Okay, first of all, um, this, this match is like a dream match. I didn't even know I wanted. Uh, both <laughs> of these guys are fucking awesome. Um, so I, I I fucking love Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black. They this is like to me, you can do this again years down the road or months down the road. Even you can do this again whenever, and I will always want this match. Uh, yeah, th- these are these are two guys who you can. I mean, in my opinion, at least you can really. I don't know what their their ceiling is, but it's very high in my opinion. Just. Two amazing wrestlers, and I think their chemistry is going to be insane for this match. So, Alistair Black is definitely going to win the match, just because it makes sense logically and in a booking sense why you would have him win. But uh, if, if Buddy Murphy won, I wouldn't really be that upset over it. I'd only be more upset because it, it kind of makes Alistair suffer as a character and like where you're going to tell the story with him, but. Um. Other than that, both of these wrestlers are like two of my favorites right now, so I cannot wait for this match. How,
2: how about how about such a simple storyline? You knocked on my door. All right, we're gonna fight now. I don't. I, I, I just I like how the whole. I want somebody to come knock on the door, buddy. Martin did it. I, I just. I, you know, you can just tell like they didn't want to build up some long story. They just want to watch two guys who are great in the ring fight, and that's what we. That's what we're gonna see.
1: Yeah, and I'm just hoping they allow this match to be the match that we know it can be yeah. and it's not one of those like a uh, pre-show or a kickoff show uh, caliber matches I where it doesn't really matter. I would,
2: I would actually I know WWE is really big and they're like putting like a a, a second tier title as the first match and doing a title change. I would love to see these two guys start off with the crowd that's really hot and excited and they just want to watch any match. Put that the first match not on the, not on the pre-show but like the first show the actual pay-per-view. Just start the match and let and give them time
1: that's how i would do because i mean it, you like that's like starting off um like SummerSlam 2002 with kurt angle versus ray mysterio like you're just starting off really hot right then and there you know you're not even uh um, warming the crowd up just i i'm like super into that idea so yeah i would love for that match to open don't know if it's going to be the case but yeah. that that would be my pick
0: yeah no i'm, I'm running with alistair black on this one um I mean, you, it's like you guys said. You got two incredible wrestlers here, and they're going to showcase their skills to the fullest. Nobody's truthfully going to lose this match, but Alistair Black is going to walk away with the actual victory here. Um, but if Buddy Murphy were to win, just as Kevin said, I would not be upset whatsoever. I'm definitely excited to see this match. I think this is honestly the match I'm excited for the most on this whole card so far, at least what's been announced on this card so far.
1: Same. Me too.
0: Yeah. So the next match I have listed here is the TLC match. It's for the women's tag titles. You have the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Uh, Kev, I'll let you start with this one.
1: Oh, I, I really hope the Kabuki Warriors win this one. I don't think we need Charlotte and Becky as champions, but I do worry, honestly. I, I could totally see um, Vince wanting to give them the titles. Um so for me, this is kind of a hard pick. I'm I'm going to make a bold prediction and say Charlotte and Becky are taking this one just because I really think they see them as uh, more valuable to the company than the Kabuki Warriors. But uh, I I would want the Kabuki Warriors to win this match, and I think they need it a lot more than Charlotte and Becky need it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm riding with you in the same there where I would want Kabuki Warriors to win, but I believe that Charlotte and Becky are about to take this victory. What are you feeling, Matt?
2: I really want my old Asuka back from uh, NXT, just a badass just by herself. But if she's going to be in a tag, I don't know. I can see it going down. It depends what they're going to do. I can see the Kabuki Warriors win, and that's what I'm going to predict, because I feel like they're going to do something with Becky and Charlotte. Not, you know, either, they're, hopefully they're not, they're not going to try to make them coexist as champions. I'd rather them start feuding again or lead to something else with, like, Shanna Baszler or something down the road, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean hopefully toward the Kabuki Warriors because I just feel like Kari Sang would get lost if they lose the title and she would be the one who gets hurt the most because I don't think Vince knows what to do with her.
1: Yeah, Ned. and I, and, I, and I just wanna uh, agree with you real quick. Um, if, if, if in an ideal world, Asuka is like that—that that is my top pick. and nice. I would rather her just be a solo star, and I think she is like the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Just in in my taste yeah. in wrestling and all that i think she was such a great nxt women's champion so yeah i can go on forever about her she, i completely agree with you though on that
0: yeah no def- definitely understand too about Kyrie saying getting lost in the shuffle i mean i'll i'll say i've said it on the the you know waves before but i'll say it again i still don't understand the japanese pirate gimmick i, I understand that in <laughs> asia the piracy thing is still existing but i don't understand the gimmick it is what it is. Yeah, you um, give me
2: 30 seconds. Like, I literally watched her walk out the one time. I said, she, she's a pirate prince. What? And I'll mentally go, I really just don't understand the Japanese culture. And my wife was a military brat and spent, like, five years in Japan. I said, hey, come here. She goes, I have no idea what this is, Matt. And I was like, okay. Thought it was to make sure it wasn't just me. But who am I to say what somebody else likes But yeah, Weird gimmick, but I like watching her in the ring, though.
0: I remember taking my girlfriend to Takeover uh, for WrestleMania this year, and telling her leading into, leading into Takeover, I'm like, "Yeah, you don't understand. Like, there's a Japanese pirate," and she's like, <laughs> "She's like, you gotta be shitting me." I'm like, "No, watch when we go in. We go in, and then kicks on Kyrie Saint's music, and her face was just blown away. And I'm just there, you know, yo ho yo, just right, just to throw her off that much more."
2: Oh, that's, that's hilarious. I love like
0: <laughs> um, The next match I got listed here is for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. We have the champions, The New Day versus The Revival. I will go with The New Day as much as I would love The Revival to win. I just think The New Day is just going to keep on going with this title run, um, especially with Xavier Woods out. They got to have something going for them. So I got The New Day retaining.
2: Yeah, I think you got to book The New Day to win because you got to keep Kofi strong. I don't know if they're ever going to bring him back into the singles picture, but I do think at some point uh, Big E deserves a shot, a single, a big singles run. And they just need, they don't need to like go back and forth with title changes for a while with the tag game. They, they just need to let the New Day run with the titles to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, that yeah, would I, definitely make the best sense there.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, New Day, I think, is definitely winning this match. Um, I kind of think this match is just going to be okay. I don't think it's going to be like uh, New Day versus Usos type of caliber match, but um, I I think this will still be a a, a decent match. Um, But I think they might use this one to kind of calm the crowd down and just have it at at that low point of the show where the crowd can kind of get their energy back up. So um like you said um i also think um biggie should get a solo run but also i think xavier woods should really at at the very least get like a a mid card push like a a u.s title run or something i think he'd be so great or even like put him in like the king of the ring like as a solo star i just see i think you could do a lot with xavier woods as as a solo solo competitor
0: no yeah definitely about that and hopefully xavier woods has himself a speedy recovery by the way so wishing him all the best as far as that goes uh but the match we've all been waiting for—the only way to end divorce—Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. Matt, who you got? I mean, I
2: mean, you gotta have Rusev win, don't you? I said. I mean, I mean, the only payoff for, for like to go on national TV and have your real wife pretend that she hates you, and and I'm supposed to hate him because he wants to have sex with her so much. Uh, it's like a weird storyline. Uh, but I think Rusev's gotta win, even though I do, even though I love Bobby Lashley, he just
0: Rusev's already lost everything else.
2: <laughs> I mean, like give I mean, like give the man a, a win.
0: Yeah, you got to give the little guy the win here. But yeah, I agree not, with you. there
2: because if, if, if Lashley wins, this storyline's continuing, guys. So I'm just <laughs> that, that's my other hope. That's my other hope. It's over.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I agree with that. But um, with that being said, I think Lashley is going to win because I think they want this storyline to continue.
2: I think you're probably right. Uh, so
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: so I, I agree with Kev that I do think Lashley is going to win so they could continue the storyline. But for the sake of morality, I have to say Rusev because he deserves the win at this point. <laughs> like he needs something going for him aside from wearing, you know, the the Disney face shirts that he wore yeah. the other night um but yeah i i got rusev winning that as much as i feel like bobby lashley's going to win um one match that hasn't been announced yet but i'm pretty sure will get announced later this week is bailey versus Lacey evans so we'll do like a, a prediction of a prediction so we're predicting that this match will happen and uh kev i'll start with you on this one who do you think is going to win between bailey or Lacey evans
1: Oh, I think Bailey has got this match. Um, this is a match I couldn't care less about, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I don't like Bailey. I don't like uh, Lacey Evans. Uh, if, I, I'd rather Lacey win this match, if I'm being completely honest. But at the, at the same time, I don't really want her to win the title. And I think they're kind of pushing her as the babyface in this uh, feud, which I don't really get. Honestly, it's not for me. So I really don't care about this match. I'm going to go with Bailey, And uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about that match.
0: So, Matt, I'm going to tell you a funny story, right? One time, Kevin and I, we went to NXT because Kev lives in like Central Florida. So we went to an NXT show and Lacey Evans comes out and we start like booing her and like, you know, just heckling her and all that stuff. Not heckling her, obviously, in a personal way, but just, you know, yeah. we'd be trying to make sure that she understands we're not on her side in this matchup. Ends up, we were sitting next to like her daughter, her husband, and like her entire family. They're just sitting right next to us, giving us like the dirtiest looks. Uh, But yeah, so just to let you know how we really feel about Lacey Evans right now, we're not her biggest fans, and I'm going to have to agree with Kev that I do think Bailey is going to win this matchup. Uh, It seems more of a filler match than anything. What's your take on this one?
2: I don't. Here's the weird thing. I think. I mean, I think Bailey's gonna win first, but like, long story around. Bailey's storyline about being the hugger and all that junk was great in NXT. And they should have just changed the storyline or brought her up early. And then they tried to do it for too long. So I was so excited when she turned heel. But I don't think it's working as a heel either. I don't, I don't know if it's her, I want to speak to the manager haircut. Or, is, or if it's because in, in the last pay-per-view, she, took, she got pinned again. Which is another reason why I think she wins this match. She got pinned in the last pay-per-view you 50 know, with the WF booking. But I, but Lacey is interesting. Like I think she's pretty talented. I don't like the even though I'm from Georgia, I, I I'm not really big into that southern belle like look. You know, that 1860 look. Um, but when she had that match at um in Saudi Arabia, whatever the, the last one was called, Crown Jewel or whatever. Um, and her and Natalie like legitimately like crying and seeing touch by being in that match. She actually seemed to show real personality in that match and emotion. And I think that's where the face turn comes from. Because I think people just saw how she, like, and in, in the in little packages they did after time, she really felt honored to have been picked for the match. We can go into Saudi Arabia politics another time. Um, but I think that's what they're going to try to do it. But, like, there is no reason she should be winning any matches on a pay-per-view anytime soon until they, like, build her up properly, though.
0: Yeah, I don't see her coming out of nowhere and winning this one. Uh, so I think that's an easy pick that all of us have chosen there, that Bailey would probably win this match. Um, so this past Friday, we saw King Corbin pour a whole bunch of old Roy dog food all over Roman Reigns, and somehow that equals that they're going to fight in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. So, <laughs> Matt, I'll start with you on this one. Who do you think is going to win?
2: Wait. Wouldn't we all just wa- enjoy watching Baron Corbin go through a few tables? And it's pretty obvious he's going to. Yeah, I do. Think, I, I, I debate sometimes. I do think he's a good heel, though. But a, he, he, a good heel after doing the stupid bark video a couple weeks ago, and then the dog food thing needs needs to get his ass kicked, and that's how it should end. And just move on. That's what, that's what they should
0: do. Now I don't choose many people to lose to roman reigns but when i do it's definitely going to be a guy that pours a whole bunch of nasty ass dog food all over him because uh, I, I i feel for any person that has dog food poured all over them let alone O'Roy, roy which is basically like the mcdonald's of dog food uh, so do i got I roman reigns
1: i agree with you i agree with
0: you what about you kev
1: yeah. Yeah, I got Roman as well, um, and and I got to be honest. When I watched SmackDown last week, I thought it started. I remember I, I even texted you. I was like, uh, SmackDown started off good for once. Since since they went over to SmackDown, I think this is the first time they've actually started off with a good segment. Um, I thought the Miz versus uh, the Miz Bray Wyatt stuff was really interesting, and just for them to end it with that bullshit um, was really <laughs> annoying. And. Uh, I mean, I, I just completely fast forward through that Dolph Ziggler versus Roman Reigns match. That just screamed, don't even bother with this match. I saw the ending and then just want to see if they were going to do anything remotely interesting at the end. But it, uh, it turns out they just want to put dog food all over Roman Reigns. And I, I thought it was legitimately one of the dumbest angles. And, and it was gross uh, on top of that. I was just like, who wants to watch this? Like, who is actually at home? Like, wow, this is like really great. Like, I can't wait for this match now. So I, I, it's it's like, it's really, I, I, honestly, it's it's just, it's lame. I, I'm not into it at all. I can't believe anyone would even be remotely into this angle or this match at all. Um, but Roman's winning the match. And yeah, that's, that's, I just want this feud to be over with once this pay-per-view is over. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm just glad this didn't go through the rumors that were swirling around. They were saying that there was going to be some sort of a match, like a, a dog collar match where they oh. would like both be on dog collars having to like fight each other from there. I'm really glad that didn't happen. I'd much rather have a TLC match. Um, but yeah, this match is, it's doing nothing for me in all honesty. Um, but at least they're trying to build up Roman Reigns the way they want him to be. And you're getting us to actually want him to win at this point. Uh, but the main event that we have listed here, what I would believe is the main event, but for some reason it's listed as a non-title match is Bray Wyatt, not the fiend, Bray Wyatt, like Mr. Rogers versus the Miz. um, and, Kev, it's as you said, when SmackDown started, it started off really strong. Um, Bray Wyatt, you know, was mentioning that he he wants to get a family back. And he was teasing The Miz by saying that he was going to take his family, essentially. And he attacked The Miz using that angle against him. Um, so I do have Bray Wyatt winning this one because I'm sure they want to prolong the feud between him and Daniel Bryan. But I, I think this is a great in-between storyline right now. Uh, but let's go with Kev. Kev, who do you got winning this one?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt winning it, but I would honestly, I wouldn't mind The Miz winning this match just because I think you can then add uh, to the story that Bray kind of needs to become the fiend to win a match or he needs to rely on it. It it works much more in his favor when he's the fiend. Not that he he can never win as Bray, but I don't know. I I, I wouldn't mind The Miz uh, picking up the win in this match, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: I also feel like now you could also include Daniel Bryan coming back to attack Bray Wyatt since he's not The Fiend, and he could take a, a believable loss at that point. Because if you do The Fiend, then you already know what's going to happen, and you can't have any sort of interference or sort of, sort of like a screwy finish to lead into something into the future. But this allows that. Uh, but how are you feeling about this, Matt?
2: That's pretty much what I was leaning toward. Like The, the fact that it's non-title and he's not The Fiend, I don't know if – he's going to get pinned, but I think Br- you can see Daniel Bryan coming in and giving him the knee. Or you can see Miz winning, penny. or you can see uh, like Bray White winning by disqualification, but uh, I, he's definitely going to get uh, – Bray White's definitely going to get pummeled a little bit, and it's going to lead back to the uh, Bray having to summon the fiend to take care of Daniel Bryan once and for all. I think that's how it's going to go down. All right. Royal Rumble, I guess. And, yeah, and I
1: personally, I, I really am hoping that when Daniel Bryan comes back, I mean, I would love, um, and, and you know, he could attack the fiend chair, sure, but I would love for him to like show up on Firefly Funhouse with like a buzz cut or something since like Bray Wyatt was taking <laughs> yeah. care and just act like a total like idiot, just being like, hey, kids, like this. <laughs> I mean, it's I do, like. I do
2: think Daniel Bryan is going to come back in a different type of persona because Bryan just likes to do different things. Doesn't, you know, he doesn't really want to go back to the yes movement, but. And they've been hyping the whole, even though part, the only part of the storyline I don't like is when the Miz says dorky stuff like SmackDown needs you. No one talks like that, you know. It's just like, but they have a connection from their feuds and him being a mentor during the old NXT days. Uh, I see something's going to happen. Don't know what, which it could be a good sign. But we have no idea. You know, it's not like we, we're pretty much sure what's going to happen like with the Roman Reigns match.
0: Yeah, well, those are our TLC picks from there. I'm definitely excited to see what comes about of them. I, You know, in all honesty, I'm not expecting too much out of this pay-per-view, but it is a pay-per-view nonetheless, so I'm definitely excited to check it out. But we are going to look to wrap things up there. Uh, Matt, I definitely appreciate you coming on through. Uh, would you like to shout out any social media or anything you'd like to tell the people before we let you go?
2: If you want to follow a guy who talks about little big-headed dolls, uh, you can follow me at, at pop vinyls. Uh, little blue check mark apparently gets people to talk to me sometimes, but it's just because I've been around doing the business longer than any site besides Funko. Actually, I got my blue check mark before Funko did, which it kind of annoys when they got it. But I talk on Twitter a lot, I'll talk wrestling, Star Wars, Funko, whatever you want, I'll talk with you
0: all right well yeah matt thank you for stopping on by man we're definitely big fans hopefully a lot more people will be able to check you out off of this um but yeah man wrestling it goes in all different angles from action figures to actually watching it to merchandise and so on and so forth there's many different realms and we gotta absolutely love it uh kevin i want to thank you for dropping on by once again as well if you guys want to follow us on social media, you absolutely can. That would be on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at E-Mano Talk. That would be at E-M-A-N-O-T-A-L-K. Uh, you could listen to the the show on any podcast platform. Uh, that would be like Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Uh, If you could rate, subscribe, and review the show, we would absolutely appreciate it. Honest criticism is always appreciated as well. Or if you don't have any sort of a subscription service, you can absolutely listen completely free on our website, imanotalk.com. We have our imanotalk merchandise on sale there right now until the end of 2019. Once 2019 is gone, so will the merch. Uh, So definitely get your hands on that as soon as possible. But without further ado, I definitely want to wish you guys a happy upcoming holidays. There's a lot of great wrestling coming up with the start of uh, 2020. We got the Royal Rumble. We got WrestleMania. And who knows what 2020 has in store for us from there. But once again, thank you, Matt, from Pop Vinyls for dropping on by. Make sure you guys check him out. That's at Pop Vinyls on social media. And Kevin, once again, thank you. But with that being said, thank you for uh, tuning on in and listening in to another episode of Imano Talk, people. Take care. All
2: right. Thank you.